Welcome to a new episode of the India Independent Films Podcast. Uh, this is Rahul Desai, uh, film critic for Film Companion. I have with me uh, Uday Bhatia, the Mint film critic. Um, we are back uh, sooner than you might have uh, wanted us to be. Uh, we Just a couple of days ago, we did the Paydaya podcast. Uh, the reason we are back so soon is because we are a little excited because we actually had a good week uh, after a very long time. Both of us... Uh, Watched uh, the Hindi films this week. Um, as usual, I watched a little more than Uday. But the good thing is that Uday and me watched both the um, both uh, some solid films. Um, the first one is Kala, Anvita. That's a second film which is streaming on Netflix, and the second one is a theat- theatrical release, the action comedy uh, starring Ayushman Khurana and Jaydeep Alawat called the action an action hero. Uh, we're going to be discussing both those films today. Should be fun. Um, Uday, we're going to start with Kala. Uh, I'm guessing, I think uh, from, Kala has mostly gotten, you know, a favorable reception, uh, just like Bulbul did her first film a couple of years ago. Uh, Very similar themes. Uh, Why don't you give us a few lines before we get into it? Yeah, I'll get into that in just a moment, but uh, just a bit of nostalgia for the Bulbul podcast which we had done on this because I think it was like a really packed one. I I think there were like five of us. Yeah. Uh, And uh, kind of views a bit along the spectrum. I think mostly people liked it, but uh, I was... I was still a bit on the fence about it. Uh, uh, I I can't remember where you were on 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 Bulbul. I quite liked it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I, I because uh, I I think Kala worked for me in ways that Bulbul couldn't. Yeah. And it's interesting because they're very very uh, like very much of the same filmmaker. You can really see all the themes and like the you know the visual sort of. Uh, flourishes very much carried over from Bulbul and uh, a lot of the team is taken along also from that film Uh, a lot of the you know uh, cast and uh, crew also Mm -hmm. and uh, it makes a it makes a nice progression and it's it'd be fun to for someone who hasn't seen either of those uh, films to sort of double bill it Uh, uh, they're both on Netflix of course uh, so yeah, uh, Kala is basically the story of a singer, a playback singer in the early 20th century uh, in, um, uh, uh, in Bengal uh, and uh, her mother. Uh, uh, the singer's name is Kala, she's played by Tripti Dimri, who's also the star of Bulbul. And the mother is played by uh, uh, Swastika Mukherjee. And um, uh, it's it's kind of a psychodrama, uh, almost a chamber drama, uh, because uh, even though there is a large cast of characters, it's mostly uh, Kala and uh, Urmila, the mother, and uh, their relationship. And it's uh, it's set at uh, different times in Kala's life, and we start off with her at like the height of her fame. And uh, it, it seems like she's like she's she has like a Lata Mangeshkar like status in the industry, and she sings these sort of light pop romantic songs which uh, Lata was singing at that time, and she's called Didi, uh, which Lata was then. And uh, it's she seems to have everything going for her, 
producers are chasing her for dates and composers only want her to sing all the heroines want her to sing for for them and uh, but the that that um, sort of uh, veneer cracks so quickly uh, that the film just does not take any time in kind of breaking her down uh, like almost before it's built her up and then we're into a flashback uh, to the time of her birth uh, which is when something happens that basically marks her for the rest of her life hmm yeah that's that's pretty much it um, it's it's also as was the case with bulbul it it's basically um, sort of two narratives uh, two timelines in a way uh, the there's the present day where she's at the peak of her career and she, her, she slowly starts crumbling because she starts having uh, i mean because it's intercut with flashbacks of her past and how she reached here and her early days with her mother her domineering mother her uh, uh, and it also has something to do with her rival uh, who her mother more or less unofficially adopted uh, a while back and uh, she's getting sort of these flashes of her past and that's what's basically psychologically affecting her in the present and she slowly starts crumbling uh, things start going wrong and uh, the this is the story of that and uh, yeah so it's interesting that we started with the mention of bulbul immediately because that's pretty much the first thing that obviously came to my mind as well and uh, uh, and I, i even ended up saying that this is more or less a spiritual sequel of that even the genre is different psychodrama and horror feminist drama um, I, i feel like this is basically what might have happened um, th- this is basically a, a version of bulbul where you you know you swap the supernatural for something more human Which Absolutely. Is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's no doubt that this is a horror film of a certain kind. It's yeah. just not like the genre horror film that people uh, would expect, or where Bulbul ultimately goes. Yeah, which which is so interesting because Bulbul uh, also is about someone who's gone through hell in her life, and she's been um, you know she's she's been abused by her husband's family. She was a child bride, uh, went through a lot of trauma. and there we see the consequences almost like the supernatural takes over almost as a vigilante genre where it makes her into this demon uh, who preys on um, you know bad men in the area and takes revenge for her own suffering that she went through at the hands of her husband and his brother and his family in general so i mean there you're basically seeing the feminism sort of uh, you know being derived from uh, the sort of supernatural genre itself where where you know the narrative gives its protagonist an opportunity to uh, sort of transcend her circumstances and uh, it's almost like she's a superhero in a way but it's just using indian mythology uh, here there is no such crutch which i found very fascinating because it's i find that a riskier move to make because first of all you can't really slot this into that genre yet there's this visual very similar visual design and very similar audio visual de- design to uh, to bulbul despite the fact that there are no elements of you know fantasy in this the, mm-hmm. the everything that's happening is of course it's her mind sort of crumbling and all but i've not quite seen a psychodrama that looks like this uh, and and that that basically where the environment or the the palette in general is is almost at odds with uh, with the protagonist sort of uh, mind and her mindscape in general 
I think we'll we'll spoil one thing that comes maybe a little later in the conversation because it's a very interesting thing that happens with color and uh, a certain demand that is placed on the audience as per you know how they see her and you know and in a way very much differentiates it from bulbul and I think pretty much. Mm. Most Hindi films, really, I cannot think of another film that has really done something like that. Uh, so, but we'll come to that maybe in a little bit. Um, I, uh, I I was just like, since you're still mentioning Bulbul, just like there was, I, 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 the one of the scenes has struck, like has stuck with me since then, which I did not like then. And I wonder if I, you know, might have viewed it differently now. Was the rape scene? If you remember, there's like this real sort of baroque feeling to it like it's done like a really sort of spectacular yeah. kind of dario argento kind of mm. uh, scene uh, in in bulbul and i was left very um, kind of uneasy by it and mm. i don't you know i i was feeling like um, i didn't know whether it really worked for me and then and uh, it's interesting because the baroque flourishes are only uh, you know magnified out here except mm. that they are pretty much through the whole film uh, to the extent that at some points i didn't know whether i was looking at reality uh, like whether reality was just heightened uh, in the whole film or whether i was looking at an actual dream sequence because sometimes they slipped so, you know, uh, so easily into a dream sequence that you really did not know. Like something almost too weird would happen, and then you'd realize, oh, okay, they're imagining it. But again, you don't really. There's one sequence in the middle where there's like this party that's going on yeah. uh, at um, you know uh, in 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 her uh, in her house. They live in this sort of uh, frozen. Uh, wasteland in a gothic mansion in 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 Himachal, uh, just mother and daughter, and uh, mother has been raising Kala to be a a classical singer so that she can take on the gharana which they belong to. Except that uh, she's also puts her down at every opportunity because she actually is resentful of her because. Uh, uh, at the moment of her birth, her uh, her twin brother in the womb uh, died, and um, it was uh, Unmila's wish that you know a, a a boy would take over the gharana because that is not something that uh, that girls do. But still, she raises Kala to be a singer, and Kala has only one mission in life, basically, which is to please her mother, and she never gets that approval. So then, by the even before she sort of breaks out on her own and becomes a playback singer, her mind has been damaged in very profound ways by her mother. So it's it's she's sort of starting off on a very weak foot, just in terms of her own mental health, and. Uh, there's a scene at her house where uh, people have been called over and and the the stepbrother of sorts that her mother is ad adopted who's who's an orphan uh whom she hears singing at at a function uh he's uh, it's um the he's it's sort of there to show him off and and to sort of make him uh send his career on the up and um 
Kala is sort of like the their ghosts in her mind, and you can sort of you suddenly see them come out on the screen, but everyone else uh, is sort of reacting uh, uh, according to what actually happens. Um, I'm not explaining this very well, but whatever events actually take place. Uh, mm. do actually take place so she's not imagining those it's just the circumstances around her that are kind of made like feverish in in her mind during the sequence uh, it's a bit clumsy in places but i thought that was a very interesting way of of doing a, a dream sequence it's half true but also like kind of yeah. over the top yeah so i mean my theory basically of about the palette of the film and about this language and this little surrealistic few touches here and there especially this party you're talking about uh is that she's basically i mean her mind sort of uh forces her to look at the world in a particular way so what we are looking at in the film for me is basically her sort of psychological projection of how she sees the world a little more fantastical a little more surreal than it actually is uh is even with the colors with all the the little atmospheric touches the details that we see i feel like a lot of it is her uh, is her sort of projection of how the world should look almost like she is trying to um she's trying to basically uh, um create something that's a contrast with the ugliness that's happening in her own head and she has a uh, mental health issues right from her childhood thanks to her mother and thanks to the you know the trauma of being brought up in a certain way and being resented and i feel like the the more that she's you know sort of she gets older uh, you know she's she's looking at the world a certain way and that's what we see on screen which is why i felt like this whole baroque setting and this this little bulbul type visual language that we uh, you know we've come to associate anvita dat with and her crew uh, i felt like it belonged you're more than uh, a film like bulbul which was more yeah, of a genre yeah. film uh, you're it you're you're seeing you know uh, a mindscape in a way and that for me i'm i'm a big fan of psychodramas in general and different ways i don't think there's a wrong way to portray uh, to portray a descent into madness uh, you know it of course there's a way that romanticizes it that fetishizes it that almost uh gets uh, you know too exploitative but i don't think this is that film because i i feel like it goes uh, very much hand in glove with what the protagonist kala uh you know because she is an artist and because she um uh, has been brought up in a certain way i feel like it's almost her coping mechanism uh, um, you know that we see on screen most of the time and i feel like that party where it's half fiction and half real is uh, uh, is almost very much uh, very much uh, the the filmmaker's way of telling us to or or sort of you know welcoming us into her very chaotic head yeah and i think it suits dimri as an actor also in uh, uh, to be in this kind of role because she has that slight naivete in in her manner that sort of works for kala in the sense that it's a more knowing actor like an uh, or an actor that we have a very long association with i i don't think that you know that that sort of sort of almost uh, innocent devotion to her uh, like dragon uh, of a mother uh, 
could have really come across and uh, you know with with such determination as in I, 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 I at some point someone else would have rebelled and i feel that kala doesn't have any rebellion in her mm-hmm. and it that that kind of it it could have been a very frustrating character but somehow she just makes it very moving i i thought at, at every point and doesn't sort of push the idea that this is someone on the edge it just it just sort of comes up uh yeah. without any warning even in that early scene where which is set in the later part where she's actually become a famous singer with that doctor is there mm. she very calmly sort of tells him that you know there's something wrong with me i think there's something wrong with me and he dismisses it as as hysteria and it's just i think everyone else would have sort of doubled down on that scene as as this sort of you know your big scene where you uh say that you know you're really having uh, issues and she just she does it with such calmness that it's sort of it becomes even more scary because you really think that she mm. yeah i mean there is it's 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 not only that she knows she's uh, uh, you know she's she's at risk but uh, she's kind of resigned herself to it that there's she doesn't feel that it's, she's going to get out of it yeah I, i found it so interesting that the film starts like that you know with her already um on the brink of um, you know losing her mind which because that that moment mostly comes midway through films like this through feminist uh, uh, sort of stories narrative so to say because uh, it happened the same with bulbul you know because she uh, we we saw that that traumatic moment happen almost midway through the film after which she transformed into uh, after which it's revealed that she's transformed into a demon to take uh, to take revenge uh, and even though we've been seeing that right from the beginning that there's someone haunting the village and killing mm. and we knew all along that of course it was her we just didn't know why she converted why she transformed into that but this film starts with that moment and right from the beginning it's basically telling us that there's no way out really because the narrative is not going to help you either Uh, hmm. and it's sort of uh, uh, you know it, it's just basically her descent after that nothing happens mostly you get a parachute right if you're a protagonist uh, uh, in battle with yourself or in battle with character as you said you know that rebellion uh, happens in a certain way it, it happened through supernatural elements in the previous film here that rebellion for me was only her feminism which was which was her idea of feminism was right in the beginning where it opens where she asks a female photographer to take a photo where she yeah. basically then argues with her um, um not argues but she just reminds her director you don't need to call my secretary a female secretary she's just another okay. secretary so she's the only one with a female secretary in the in the industry apparently so i felt like that rebellion was that was her only way of rebellion like it was her coping mechanism to be a sort of a, a symbol for the women in the industry and in in that in the particular showbiz culture in the 1930s um, and that's all she could do because there was no other mode of rebellion when her mind was sort of uh, struggling to cope with the fact that she had been brought up a certain way and she had made uh, certain mistakes uh, in her past and there is no escape from that and uh, you know it, it i think we can discuss that mistake also yeah okay so the uh, uh we we'd mentioned jagan who is the singer who urmila brings in to their household 
uh, after hearing him singing uh, uh, at at a function that was uh, actually uh, organized for Kala to sort of impress the classical world about her abilities. And instead, uh, uh, Jagan uh, Khan, he's uh, played by Babul Khan, and uh, he's a young singer like her, though uh, a much more natural singer. And uh, it's uh, there's immediately a contrast because you can see the difference. You can see that she is someone who's technically technically perfect, and uh, you know who's who's doing everything right. But when he starts singing, it's just there's there's just all all his heart in it, and he's not afraid. She's singing like something might go wrong, and he just you know he sings because he can't do anything else better than that. And he uh, you can tell the difference even before Urmila is absolutely like completely taken by that boy and basically makes him the son that she never had, which sort of pushes Kala over the edge. And what she does is that uh, at his big unveiling, which is the party that we had mentioned earlier, um, uh, it's, uh, no, was it a different party? But anyways, at, at one of, at, at, a, at, at his big uh, sort of show at their house, she, uh, takes the mercury, uh, a drop of mercury, and she puts it in his milk because she knows from a previous, you know, encounter that 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 is something that makes someone lose their voice, and uh, it's successful. He does lose his voice in public, and um, he never really gets it back, and uh, he goes on to kill himself because uh, that was the one thing that he did in life. And um, now we know why she is so haunted by uh, by by this person because it's not just that he was the the son that Urmila always wanted and who she resented Kala for you know uh, inadvertently kind of preventing her from having, but also he is um, he's someone who took over. The one thing that she'd worked for her whole life, and it's very interesting because it's is obviously a terrible thing, and the film doesn't try to disguise that. And um, instead of giving her like a straightforward sort of redemption arc to you know after making her suffer a lot through the film, uh, it kind of brings this in sort of towards the end, and uh, it's quite something to deal with as a viewer, like. Um, it's it's not a it's not an easy film for people looking for like uh, characters with simple arcs. Yeah, and you know there's so many nuances in the sort of writing of the film, the design of the film, because um, you know he killed himself. He he's someone who is an artist with feeling basically, and she is technical as you said, and you know she's trying to impress her mother. Uh, she's singing for the validation of her mother not for herself uh, she's not really in love with music as he is so that whole you know um, that entire dynamic that sort of duality of being an artist is represented through, through dif- two different people here and once he kills himself when he realizes he's lost his voice and um, uh, he has you know nothing else to live for uh, I felt like her present day the the I felt like that entire sort of 
part where we see her sort of making it and having to compromise on her dignity by you know sleeping with a particular music director uh, on the way to her top and to get get her first big break uh, and it's very interesting that she uses um jagan's words as inspiration his personality as inspiration to win the world over after that because when she's not getting the song right she thinks of how he used to tell her to sing with feeling Yeah. Uh, when when um, then you know it's almost like she is trying to be a reincarnation of him and trying to she took whatever she was lacking she took from him uh, not just his life and she became uh, she tried to become the son that her mother never never really had and always wanted and with all the attributes that she was missing she just borrowed it from him uh, and that feeling thing is one thing even if you notice at the beginning of the film when she's telling the doctor what is wrong with her she's using jagan's words and because jagan had told her when he was yeah, losing yeah. his mind that something is wrong in my mind not in my and and you know in my heart and she uses those same words to explain to the doctor so i found it very interesting that she's sort of uh, uh the, you know even though she was responsible for his death directly uh, it was almost like she was not just borrowing what he had but it's almost like she's paying ode to who he was by becoming uh, uh something that he dreamed of becoming and I, there there's so many little moral nuances in that that it's a very difficult film to watch in that sense because as a viewer you're normally conditioned to either root for a protagonist or not uh and you're you are wondering whether she's actually a good person who did a bad thing and is then trying to make amends and trying to sort of gain some kind of salvation by by becoming successful on her own and then suffering for it or is she just doing it for her own selfish uh for her own selfish sort of motives and that that's why i found tripti dimri's performance also particularly uh, interesting because she leaves things open for interpretation she lets uh, a lot of the writing do the talking and and right. you know she 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 acts as someone who is not mature enough to deal with the kind of mental and psychological burdens that have been put on her right from the beginning and when you're not mature enough to deal with that obviously you crumbled un- under that pressure and for throughout she feels like a victim even when she kills uh, even when she uh, sabotages uh, jagan and she does something terrible she still feels like a victim and i, I think that's a that's a triumph of um, you know the filmmaker also just i mean the uh, siddharth devan and uh, who's a cinematographer and anvita dat had worked together uh, on on the previous film and uh, i think the production design also uh, was um, uh, uh, meena lagarwal i think was also on bulbul if i'm yeah. not mistaken yeah and uh, both of them are here and uh, they uh, they really uh, do some astonishing things there's the the um, so the the there's the, there's a uh, sort of image of this ball of mercury that's traveling along in those lit, like those little games that have those uh, uh, you know in like a maze that it travels along and there's a there's a shot of that and then a little later uh, uh, there is a water droplet that's sort yeah. of like a parallel to that and that water droplet 
you know is 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 uh, falls on a table and that becomes like a bunch of water droplets and then those droplets become sleeping pills which uh kala is taking in the in the present day and uh, and trying to kill herself and uh, it it's stunning because this is this is sort of like intuitive image led filmmaking it's uh, it's not it's not having to tell you that the deaths are kind of connected and that is haunting her it's just done with like the simplest of connection visual connections and and it's right there and it's it's just this this happens again and again in in the film and it's it's quite stunning in at, at places yeah like in a lesser film that might have actually come across as pretentious right but here you have the writing and the design to support the visual connections the metaphors right and that's the like i'm usually wary of films that become so obviously symbolistic in in their imagery and sure. you know it it becomes a bit of a, a very thin line to to sort of walk and and this does it and it succeeds because the, this this very intuitive imagery that you're talking about uh, you know there's so many uh, there's that there's that lovely shot of that uh, that fly on a mirror fantastic uh, you know, like that yeah. was something else because you it was that typical sort of artistic image of the fly sort of almost sitting in on her eye and then you realize that she's actually looking at a reflection in the mirror and she she sort of slaps that fly on the mirror so these little illusions as well as that shot uh, uh, early on in the film with when when jagan uh, when she's already starting to get jealous of jagan she goes out into the snow where there's that um, where's that their garden is also shaped in a maze of sorts and yeah. she collapses in the snow and the top angle shot shows her collapsed and then jagan comes and covers her almost yeah. like they and then that sort of transitions almost to not transitions there's no visual connection later on we realize that that is basically a metaphor for the mercury ball in the middle of the maze and both of them form that mercury ball which i found so fascinating like it it's so easy to get carried away as a filmmaker as well because it's a visual medium and you want to um, make your frames and your screen look as uh compelling as possible as attractive as possible but i felt like the context here really went hand in hand with uh you know this 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 lovely little landscape this lovely little soundscape that uh the technicians create yeah also since uh, you know we've uh, we've really um gotten into amit trivedi and and <laughs> not in a good way in, in our previous uh, episodes uh credit to credit is due this is a very very good soundtrack it's yeah. it's his best since manmarzia for sure and yeah. uh, just excellent even the score is excellent i mean uh, it's uh, <laughs> very good work by him i mean this was um, first of all like this is what his 155th title this year itself <laughs> uh, he's doing so much work so i feel like he's become one of those mass producers where he reserves his best only for one or two filmmakers one yeah. or two passion projects maybe a year or every year or two and one of them is anvita dad because clearly because of her vision another is anurag kashyap he wouldn't mess with them he he'd go along with their vision and see this is what he's capable of which is why it hurts more when you hear his shit in uchai and you hear his shit in the other uh, 100 titles that we've heard uh, mitra bedi's music this year this is actually who you know uh, uh, most of the nation fell in love with when he started uh, producing music long back 
and this is these are the soundtracks that you know broke the internet for the last 10 years and uh, it's very nice to hear that he's still capable of it i just wish there was more there were more filmmakers he chose more projects first of all that ta- challenged him like this and there were more filmmakers uh, that you know were worthy of his music and his music is sort of goes hand in hand with the vision of the filmmakers because what a what yeah, a because I'm, I'm looking back at his sort of his discography over since like since manmarzia and like a couple of years before that because that was also pretty bad and there it's not like there are good films that are that he is failing it's just that he is obviously not inspired by crap films he's not the kind of composer who's going to do or at least now at this stage in his career he's not going to be able to give like transcendent music for a bad film i think it's uh, it seems very unlikely uh, but uh, when he's got a good film he has he's he's still delivered i mean you know you, it, it's just that those films have become uh, are not coming his way or uh, well they're not that many good films in general so you know i mean yeah it's it's uh, it's interesting because he's he's like the equivalent of uh, you know like a, a a star sort of footballer who will only perform if the rest of the team is good and he will not he, he refuses to sort of carry the team or be a one man team because and we do know musicians and artists who who give great soundtracks for terrible films like that's that that happens all the time in bollywood because there are very few good films yeah. um, so being amit trivedi is bit of a sort of conflict in that sense because there are only two or three good films or two or three terrific films a year and amitrivedi has to be has to do one of them otherwise he'll not make good music and uh, yeah and and i'm very glad that you know this soundtrack is getting the love it does because it's not simply an album you listen to right on spotify or wherever it's just it's something that fits so beautifully into the soundscape of the film uh, it doesn't try to be madly authentic uh you know about the 1930s and 40s uh, oh, oh. you know it, it's it's a bit of a sort of fusion of timelines and genres and and it that's lovely because it almost reminded me of bombay velvet in a way and and it just um, yeah. you know yeah. you're not tied down by a particular and which is why uh, you know the film itself does not mention any year or era uh, we only uh, we only sort of figure it out from you know a reference to gandhi or a reference to you know certain sort of uh, you yes. know her, her sort of styling on lata mangeshkar so we just we are just assuming it's in a particular in pre independence india and it's not like music sounded like that then uh, it's just that um, i feel like anvita that uh, vision is so fluid and uh, it goes so well with the sort of psychological uh, you know uh, sort of look of this film that amit trivedi's music just you know flows uh, with it yeah and it's um, it, uh, for for a change they have like um, one one musician one composer but a bunch of lyricists and uh, and all of them do like really fantastic work because you have like you have basically four of the best lyricists around which is yeah. amitabh bhattacharya kirkire varun grover and kosar munir mm-hmm. and they are fantastic and they 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 bring so much uh they bring so much uh, subtext to these songs that you know in the middle of that shock uh, uh not not shock sorry uh, ghode pe sawar mm. uh, which is written by amita bhattacharya 
it's uh, it's it's part of this long sequence where Kala is very nervous. She's recording her her first song, uh, first film song, and uh, she's messing up time and time again. And her break to collect herself uh, has uh, uh, in that time she's uh, abused, sexually abused in that time. And then she has to come back to the studio and uh, record it. And the lyrics, the para which she sings when she comes back uh, becomes, takes, you know, takes a me too uh, tilt to it. And uh, it's just, it it happens very naturally. And uh, it's it's very, uh, it's, it's very smartly done. And um, yeah, it's just, even the soundscape which you mentioned, things that aren't even included on the soundtrack as of now, there's this sort of, there's this lullaby that starts and ends the film. And mm. comes like once in between. Yeah. It's a Himachali lullaby, and it has this sort of edge to it because it sounds beautiful, but the words are sort of about this sort of uh, mother who uh, who tells her daughter that you know we'll go kill a peacock that's been disturbing you, and uh, it's very you know, you know you can see the film's themes in that, but only if you're listening carefully or you're even paying attention to that will you uh, kind of. Um, uh, notice it because it's it's not like it's like pushed or anything on the viewer. It's just um, it just sort of comes and goes. It's absolutely uh, devastating when it comes back at the end. I thought. Yeah, that was a lovely use of it as well. Like I, I mean, it it leaves you uh, with that lingering sort of feeling of what the director wants to leave you with. Like because this film was basically a tragedy right from the first frame to the last. There were there was no redemption arc there was no uh, you know there are moments the high moments and low moments but even the high moments are uh, built on skeletons and dead bodies and guilt um, so so you know it's it's i don't think it's so much a cautionary tale about being an artist in bollywood or being uh, or particularly uh, just being a woman in a male dominated industry um, and and you know I, I like that the shapelessness of the film doesn't it means that it isn't afraid to sound woke you know the Varun Gover character especially who's the lyricist in the film as well yeah, uh, yeah. he says a few lines to her you know sort of soothing her now and then about uh, the music director who's abusing her and you know it sounds very contemporary some of his lines and and some of those things are very deliberately a reference to to you know what we've heard in the last five years and. Uh, I just, I, I mean, for me, you know, I, I, there are so many faces that the film, the film wears, but it is, at its core, I felt like it was very much a, it, it did feel very much like a parent-child story, a mother-daughter story. Um, Tell me something, we haven't really touched on this, and this is something that I found like a bit of a, I, I, I don't know how, what to make of it, is I, I, the, the sheer, hate that comes out of the Unmila character. Uh, we assume that it is possibly because she wanted a son so badly. Mm. An event that has happened before, like it's not even in the film, like it's before, before the time of the film and, you know, the son that never was. And that was it. And from then on, there isn't a change in her character at all. And it's difficult like to even imagine that like a parent can bear 
that much resentment and that much hate and i found um, i wonder if it limited swastika mukherjee's performance i think uh, you uh, wrote you you found it a little um, more appealing than me mm. and uh, i found it one note not in a bad way but in a way that you know the character doesn't give her anything more to kind of work with i think because it's just such a relentless sort of um, uh, a stream of of disappointment and resentment towards her daughter through the whole film yeah so you know what i found interesting about swastika mukherjee's performance and the character itself is that um she's quite clearly uh, a product of like proper 1930s 20s patriarchy right Uh, sure. Even though the character she plays as a mother who is training her daughter to make it in an industry, a male-dominated industry, uh, I found it very interesting that her character had to go against her inherent conditioning uh, yeah. in order to train her daughter. Because yeah. in the beginning, she dumps her like at the first yeah, like yeah. opportunity. Yeah, and But, she does. And in the beginning, she tells her that you know you'll have to work harder than men. and you'll have to be very um, mindful of your dignity and things like that and you know those can be construed as you know being this powerful woman who is a you know sort of a feminist teaching her daughter but i found it so interesting that that is all sort of very uh, opportunistic in a way because as soon as a a better singer whose male comes along and she adopts uh, she's back to that um, that being that woman and almost the wife in in a family that's been dominated by male artistry uh, because she wants her daughter to fa- follow in her father's footsteps and uh, basically the father is the be all and end all of the of her dreams and the legacy and she wants someone to carry on his legacy uh, and it has nothing to do with her own career even though there are references to her being a singer at some uh, at one point right. and uh, that 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 uh, sort of leaning towards the patriarchy comes back when babel's character when when he comes back and she then starts again uh, you know telling her daughter down in a very um, in that sort of mis- misogynistic way that we hear women being put down in an industry then she reverts back to being the wife that she was maybe before uh, she before um, um, kala was born so that that contrast of you know being having to be a powerful woman at the same time uh, believing in patriarchy and uh, believing that women uh, believing that girls like kala aren't talented enough or aren't as talented as men i, I felt like um, swastika's sort of performance gave her that edge you know that she's putting on a performance within a performance and as soon as she gets an opportunity she reverts back to being that very uh, sort of terrible parent but in a way that uh, that basically she puts her down saying why don't you just get married and uh, I, she just wants to get rid of her daughter so that she can just uh, do justice to her husband so yeah i mean it can come across as one note like her attitude towards her uh, towards kala like uh, you know she's right from beginning to end but i felt like the last 5 minutes felt a little bit more powerful because of that probably yeah i agree because you know you you then see or you see her crack like all yeah. the emotion that maybe she has repressed 
because you know it just because of resentment suddenly she realizes that she, that much she was holding in i will say that she's a uniquely hateful mother uh, in yes. hindi cinema i don't think i have ever seen this and it's that's another risk that this film takes and that's what i i like about anvita that uh, you know two films in uh that uh, she uh, she takes like fair, good big swings you know and it's it's these are not films that are going to kind of appeal to everybody because they they do kind of mess with especially kala i think more than bulbul also uh, uh i think kala kind of messes with Uh, the you know the the easier templates of of kind of telling a feminist story about uh, you know a troubled woman uh, and a very successful woman in a man's world uh, and it, it it takes at various points like a you know a, a tough kind of um, trajectory and it uh, i think that's very interesting i i i'd much rather watch a filmmaker who uh, who's willing to kind of go for it rather than someone who tells the story that people want to hear yeah absolutely and with the theme she deals with it's so easy to tell the story people want to hear especially when you're making a film for an ott platform and you're right. more or less catering to the progressive section of uh, you know of film viewers you're not putting it in theaters for the masses as such so you can make the film you sort of want to want you assume people want to watch but you are then at the same time you are in danger of you know alienating an entire section of the audience so i feel like yeah she does such interesting things with some very powerful themes and with themes that have become safe over time you know in in its representation in hindi cinema even the way feminism is being dealt with by a lot of very thoughtful filmmakers a lot of good filmmakers in the last 10 years uh has also lost its edge in a way because it becomes a little predictable it becomes like it's all about the taxi pannu character you know it's all about what she says and her, the words she says and here you have visuals and symbolism and 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 this willingness to be weak and to go crazy which is also such an interesting sort of riff on gender equality on the fact that you know it's not all about being in control it's also about losing control and that freedom is not often seen with you know female characters on screen and female protagonists on screen you know you all, almost always see them do something heroic or feministic in the end like like in bulbul and uh, here there is no such uh, you know there's no there are no crutches and i that i guess that's why this film is sort of special and i feel like it merits multiple viewings over the years and it'll be very interesting to see how it stands then but uh, you know i i from one viewing alone if we can take away so much it it says a lot about uh, the kind of filmmaking anvita that does yeah i agree i i mean we could go on and on about this uh, but um, is there any uh, anything like burning that you want to discuss about this do you want to move on to uh, uh, an action hero there's no segue to it really because it's just so different that i i don't think i can find like a smooth segue so we just have to like change no gears really like at all except it's like the most contrasting possible film we can be uh we can be discussing because it's literally about masculinity two men two very very macho north indian men <laughs> in this crazy actioner 
that is like irreverent and silly and smart at the same time so so yeah, yeah. there's no segue as you said but just a few lines about about this film before we go into it yeah why don't you give us like a little bit of a uh, yeah so an action hero is basically uh, about uh, an action hero a superstar who is known for his action films in the in bollywood uh, he is basically playing a version of you know tiger shroff salman khan bunch of action heroes we've seen over the years he's played by ayushman khurana obviously his name is manav uh, and uh, he, you know he's a big superstar and uh, and you know he has that same chip on his shoulder he has he's arrogant it's it's a very funny scene in the beginning where you know he to to sort of invoke this rage he needs for a particular scene he, his manager basically pretends to tell him his manager basically makes him think that he's not gotten the car he wants and he gets really pissed <laughs> off and that's what uh, makes the scene good like his his rage is organic so it's derived from something he's not getting so yeah he's that sort of superstar we were very familiar with this character uh, and uh, and you know he accidentally kills someone at the beginning of the film uh, and this someone is basically a haryanvi politician's brother who wanted to take a photograph with him he's a fan of the the superstar but he's also an entitled prick himself so so he is uh, he was not getting what he wanted he got in, got a bit aggressive with him and this scuffle results in an accidental death uh, so this guy panics uh, the superstar <laughs> he goes on the run and uh, his going on the run means like any superstar <laughs> would he he's flees to london uh, and uh, and and yeah and and what's interesting is that he does have a uk passport as well like so it it's very authentic in that sense like uh, this 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 um, it's a nice little hat tip to the superstar culture in this country as well and so yeah he flees to london but what the the film is basically about the brother who's the politician uh, who's played by the very brilliant jaydeep palavat uh, who decides who loses his mind as soon as he realizes his uh, younger brother is dead and he decides to pursue the superstar he just packs his bags like any gangster would goes to london and uh, the rest of the film is basically the manav being on the run from this guy and a couple of other people getting involved in this whole cat and mouse game and uh, it's it's a very uh, it's a very it's a hugely entertaining film and that's not just that's very meta in its own way which we'll come to uh, and it's basically just jaydeep alawar chasing ayushman and them sort of uh, one trying to convince other that he's not responsible uh, for the crime that he thinks he is and it's, it's a bunch of stuff there's also underworld on that gets involved at one point in london and uh, yeah that's pretty much what the film is about uh, yeah odai you can take it from <laughs> i am again amused by uh, a previous podcast because when we were talking about dr g we had uh, which was in i think mid october we we were just talking about how uh, you know it's fun to see ayushman khurana when he's not encumbered by having to do like a message or a social arc uh, in in his films when he's just allowed to be like fun and nasty and i i swear i did not have uh, action hero in mind <laughs> then i don't think i'd seen the trailer even when we were discussing that and uh, but it's come like it's like literally uh, our prayers were answered like <laughs> a month and a half later which is very amusing 
and uh, it's it, it is i mean uh, the the pairing of jaydeep alawat and ayushman khurana is something that should have happened long time ago because it's just it's just so right like even on paper you can see why they'd be correct for each other because both of them have this sort of uh, it's just a dissatisfied <laughs> disgusted look with proceedings when things don't go their way Uh, and uh, they, they're just perfect to put a you know opposite each other because it's it's even even when they're kind of trying to take each other's life they also sort of just seem like you know this is just such a drag like why am i even doing this and i hate this world and it's just so much disgust coming out on the screen when those two are opposite each other and it's so funny because they just keep taunting each other through the film and it's almost like they are not serious about killing each other except they are also very serious about it and it makes a very weird kind of chase movie i mean like uh, i mean jaydeep alawat is more or less playing a troll in this film right like and it's just the way that entire condescending exasperated look with the environment around them is what defines them as actors as well they keep playing characters like that um yeah. and ayushman obviously has been sort of constricted by a lot of those characters but because he eventually it's a transformation that's supposed to define his character but the best part about this film is that uh, there's no such transformation awaiting him it's just uh, this spoiled entitled superstar trying to save his own life and trying to basically yeah. wanting the fame that he had back and wanting his name to be cleared so there's no like massive notion here and you know in a very weird way it's still like i i sort of looked at it in the end through the lens of almost a social message drama that ayushman usually does because it felt like um, a very nice little ode to the current bollywood itself uh, right. and and you know the jaydeep alawat character all, obviously they spell it out in the film as well because right. jaydeep alawat tells him that you know he actually that tells him that we are the audience we made you uh, you better do what we want you to and that's pretty much sort of uh, embodies uh, the current relationship between you know mainstream in this and man very disgruntled audiences in the last year or three um yes. and i thought that was very smart and very timely to do that making jaydeep alawat this character the audience and making this guy represent bollywood i thought that really added to my enjoyment of the film because you knew what was happening as it was happening that is not just this silly actioner where two very unconventional characters are sort of trying to kill each other uh in that to in uk and you know making a mess of the country at the same time uh it, it, it's also that there, there's you know so much nice sly meta sort of uh, you know commentary happening at the same time and it's not often you see where the social message itself is the film or is bollywood itself and i found that uh, the one of the most enjoyable parts of that film because even though ayushman is more or less saving this industry he is still an entitled prick by the end of the film there's nothing that changes in him he's still the superstar that we take swings at every other week and yeah. uh, and and we are still those very very uh, um, unreasonable audiences uh who who don't think twice before trolling them so um so yeah i mean i i i really enjoyed this film uh especially obviously because of uh, jaydeep and his chemistry but uh, 
but yeah you know there's so much more to it and i i there were such hysterical moments in the second part of the film in the second half of the film when the south yeah. character comes in and uh, it becomes uh, something else yeah it's um, I, I, uh, what i like about it also is that anirudh ayer who's written and directed the film he's he's trolling everyone in, in the sense he's trolling <laughs> bollywood but he's also trolling the people who hate bollywood it's yeah. like everybody it's it's just this portrait of a very dissatisfied india right now vis-a-vis its uh, vis-a-vis hindi cinema and just uh, and because there's this sort of running uh, theme through the whole film with the, the everything from the police interrogation to the news anchors who keep doing reports in india about manav's whereabouts in london and, and all they're asking is that you know uh, like uh, this industry has kind of become this den of vice and there's like sex and drugs and now this guy is a murderer and why isn't he um, you know why isn't he giving himself up to the police and uh, it's it's so they're ridiculous and that's obviously being satirized uh, but it's also you know manav does what every rich person in india when caught in a tricky situation does that they run away from the country they try and throw money at it and they try and do a cover up he goes back on some of those uh, you know some of those decisions but those are all his instincts his instinct is not like a noble one at all and uh, i think the film is quite clear on that while generally you know trying to keep us interested enough in manav and he is an interesting guy uh, because he, he obviously doesn't like his fans he doesn't like people hanging around he he likes the you know the the benefits of fame like he likes the cars and the and the fame in in uh, in general but not in practice like he doesn't uh, actually enjoy meeting the people you know who uh, who 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 want like pictures with him and stuff and he's difficult on set he's difficult with his manager and it's not like he is it's it's interesting how the scales fall from his eyes and from the jaydeep elavat character's eyes bhura uh, both of them by the end bhura thinks he's driven by like honor and you know he's avenging his brother and by the end uh, manav you know convinces him that you no know, it's just your ego that is making you mm. go on and on and manav i think considers himself a hero uh, like a genuine hero uh, through the thing and by the end it is very much just about self preservation for him like it's it's i don't think he has any illusions left uh, i think he knows that everything is done is just like a desperate act to kind of mm. get out of the very weird evolving situation that he finds himself in and like what did you make of the fact that obviously manav comes out as the guy who survives in this and mm-hmm. who sort of basically you know sort of comes out um, i mean more of a hero in this film um, than the others in it like because just by virtue of surviving and sort of having to clear his name which he's been out to do right from the beginning uh, yeah. because he's he's an asshole throughout and yeah. uh, and and he still manages to be very smart in the end about the whole thing uh, did you sort of also look at it as a slight sort of you know tilt towards this industry towards bollywood towards you know the fact that it's becoming 
such a favorite punching bag in the last 5 years or so especially with this advent with with you know the rise of cinema all over the country all over the world and you know ott this that uh, i mean it's been hindi cinema has been for good fault of theirs as well a punching bag so the fact that manav sort of uh, manages to pull the wool over everyone in the end and uh, and sort of does what he does um did you find that there was some kind of like very satirical message in there i think it's quite accurate really like mm-hmm. like you know the, it's it's sort of uh, stressed that the you know the as the, the don tells him that uh, when the rich kind of mess up uh, mm-hmm. then the poor uh, the poor yeah. were the powerless people they see it as an opportunity and basically manav has become an opportunity now for them but uh, these are also the people who make up the kind of crazy fandoms that uh, that yeah. uh, indian cinema runs on and uh, they are they are looking for a reason to build up the same people whom they'll also break down it it kind of comes and goes and frankly i mean his coming back is was not didn't strike me as anything uh, uh, very uh, far fetched i thought the plot mechanisms that got him there maybe in the last 20 minutes get a little bit a little bit tough to buy uh, so th- i i have more of a problem with the journey that it takes to get him there rather than like the actual ending which i thought was uh, i mean it seemed uh, it felt right it just uh, you know may have taken a slightly circuitous route to get the journey was definitely far fetched but it was far more fun because of that also i think because you're naming your film an action hero which i mean come on like action films in general are so bird brained and it's all about yeah. basically the entertainment we get from sometimes how so bad it's good or whatever it is and uh, i felt that was a nice little sort of you know because he's actually an action hero in life as well because he's doing all these bizarre stunts and uh, managing to you know single handedly take on a bunch of cops and goons and and even not too afraid of the jaydeep alawat character who's very dangerous and who's very much the mass audiences that can take you down in like in less than a day uh, right. and the fact that he's a politician which is so accurate as well such a good reflection of what happens today the way politics uses bollywood as a sort of uh, almost a you know um sort of political device and 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 um, you know like a thing and and i i just thought that uh, you know the film is it's not often you see um an action movie that is so entertaining and that so uh, doesn't take itself too seriously at the same time managing to capture a moment in the a particular country that it's based in you know this is this is very much a film of its moment if you think about it and it's very much a film about what's happening in the country and how our relationship with celebrity and with with famous people and how the country and it's basically trolling everyone at the same time and basically showing the mirror to audiences to to superstars to bollywood to everyone but at the same time it's also like it it also manages to stand as a very uh, you know very um, wild little piece of cinema at the same and and that that is very important of course you don't see it coming most of the time and of course i found it so interesting that they used sort of an underworld on from the 90s who was so famous as the yeah. turning point in this film and as manav sort of um, you know get out of jail card uh, 
um, in this film, which is almost like Bollywood reaching back in time to sort of, um, you know, to 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 renovate its image. So, so but the the best part is that even after that, you know, you never feel like anything is going to change, or that any like if someone like Manav makes a mistake tomorrow as well, which he did here. Uh, we are going to go through the same cycle again. Those same ridiculous news anchors, which, by the way, were were you know hilarious to watch because of the way the montages also were used in the film. They were mostly used as music, which I found very amusing. And uh, and yeah, I just felt like it was. Uh, I, I just felt like it was a very present film, and uh, I guess that's why uh, a lot of us enjoyed it. Yeah, I uh, the montages uh, are kind of they uh, they kind of grew a bit tiring for me. Uh, yeah. I I think not because they were bad or anything or they were like they weren't accurate satire, but it's just that how do you satirize something like that? Like it's <laughs> the problem that people had with Trump. Like you know yeah. what do you satirize in Trump? You just like show his press conferences. So the same way I think with like you know these news anchors. There's, there's really nothing. They're already satire themselves. So uh, it's, uh, I think the, that kind of um, felt to be like uh, maybe just a touch heavy. In otherwise a very nimble film though, uh, mm-hmm. and um, as as often happens with Anand Anand El Rai productions, this has. Uh, very, uh, <laughs> it really does have funny dialogue uh, through the thing. I, I loved the uh, the uh, the assassins who kind of are, are taking Manav in the car, and he, he tries to bribe them. And says, "How much money will you take?" And they're like, "No, we don't do this for money. We love our job." <laughs> <laughs> and they say it with such a with such a nine to five face that it's really like it was quite uh, funny. Yeah, the the and the cop is really funny. Is uh, the uh, initial cop who's sort of oh, trying. The way he goes off at the DOP was one of the funniest moments in the film. <laughs> what is your what is your role in society? Which is which is so funny when you hear it in words. Like it's, yeah. it's just so because this is exactly what a lot of people think about art and film and whatever culture in this in this country and like uh, and the cop having to represent that and then not, just not said, to mention film criticism by the way which yeah, like we've had versions of that said to us like yeah it's basically are you are you a real journalist like that is, is like are you uh, contributing anything <laughs> yeah how do you change our day like how do you contribute to our 24 hours which i found which I found hilarious. Like it just have and having a cop say that that too in you know present India is really funny. And even the the moment where Jaydi Palavat's character towards the end when both of them sort of just Jaydi Palavat uh, is Bura reacting when he sees um, the uh, when he sees uh, Manav dancing at an underworld dawn's sort of daughter's <laughs> marriage function. Just his very exasperated face saying how the hell how what kind of clown is this like it's just Jaydeep is so good at these roles and and uh, his face is so potent at at saying at you know making us really uh you know lose our shit like i i i really laughed out loud when he he just face palmed when he saw yeah uh, i i love that you caught him the disappointed pakistani <laughs> fan <meme. laughs> He was very he, much like that. He really is that. He's exactly that. He just has this expression that, you know, the, this 
this whole world is disappointing me at every step and uh, i just don't know why you're making me put up with this <laughs> yeah that's uh, i mean I, and i'm very glad that you know that the sort of casting that you know got both of them together because jaydeep alawat has been around for a while he's been doing a lot of good work on ott platforms on web shows uh, in particular uh, sure, sure. but you know films haven't really figured out how to use him properly like especially commercial cinema uh commercial in this cinema so I, i feel like this is this is the kind of role you associate someone like manoj bajpayee with you know like yeah, he is yeah. so good at these same roles and his family man was pretty much based on more or less the same they cut from the same cloth like his character like just being disgruntled with the world around him and having to just get through this business of saving the nation or killing a superstar with with this very 9 to 5 cynicism i found really like amusing and and only particular breed of actors can pull it off and you know both of them are veterans in their own uh, right they've been around for a long time they've been like they you know gone seen highs lows and just to see them come out and play these kind of characters is is particularly disarming and uh, that that sort of underworld on asking them in urdu aapki tareef and he's like main khud nahi karta one of the best written lines i've heard this year Like, that, was, that was brilliant. That landed like that landed like a brick in the theater when it was there. So good. Uh, the, how how did that scene play when you watched it? Uh, the the uh, Akshay Kumar cameo. I thought that was hilarious. I I so you know it's it's also so tragic because I keep wishing he keeps playing these kind of roles. He's so good yeah. in cameos. Like he's so he, good he in really is. He's little, like his. His Om Shanti Om cameo is the best cameo in Hindi cinema. I'm going to go Absolutely. like as far as that and say, like those are those. That is what you want Akshay Kumar to be doing. He, his main thing is as this self-referential sort of comedian who's very good at doing, uh, you know, uh, at at sort of landing these punchlines and doing comic roles. And that doesn't mean he acts in a comedy. It's just being the the sort of ridiculous or funny part of a film comes very naturally to him as well yeah. and in, even in dishoom he has like this small okay. cameo which is just i it's it's so good it's so good it just kind of lifts the film for 5 minutes yeah exactly and that's what he does here as well right like it, it's just because till then the film is very much you know like straddling the line between whatever two drama and thriller and you know half comedy and then akshay kumar's character comes and you know exactly how to look at the film after that you know it, his is the cameo that you know sort absolutely. of guides us absolutely yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you're right. I, i didn't even think of it in that terms but you're absolutely right because this is the known quantity he is yeah. he is obviously i mean he is playing something very close to himself unlike the you know manav character who's not really like uh, ayushman khurana he doesn't do the kind of films that ayushman khurana does and there it's not that kind of meta fiction with him but uh, when akshay kumar comes in and then says that you know just keep me out of this <laughs> instead of giving him advice that is brilliant because it's like literally you know he says every man for himself without yeah. saying it and that's the whole film then there's literally every man for himself yeah and you like don't tell anyone you know we might just keep this out of this <laughs> yeah, very much akshay kumar you know and is very very amusing sort of not to himself which he knows very much like how yeah. he is also perceived that he's not as dumb as we assume yeah. he is given the kind of rubbish he does otherwise 
can't find <laughs> what statements he makes otherwise he does have a semblance of intelligence and which is what saddens us that he uses it in a different way and is just capable of so much more which is very evident through cameos like this yeah uh, <laughs> i thought it since uh, you know since we mentioned fan uh, both of us mentioned fan in our reviews and you i think written about it a little more length uh what do you think of this film vis-a-vis that because the comparisons are tempting yeah. and uh, but it's also very different in the sense that i think the meta fiction of fan re- is a different kind of meta fiction mm. it really does use the sharuk persona uh, mm. very very strongly and uh, in this i think the meta fiction is of a different kind not mm. that reliant on khurana the persona yeah. and of course khurana is not as strong a persona as sharuk so it may not have even worked out there but uh, what what do you think uh, like if you if you looked at these films side by side yeah that's what so fan as you mentioned was felt a little more personal in that sense it was more about sharuk as uh, or more about a superstar in bollywood and the fan culture and you know having sharuk playing both of them was also basically admitting that to have someone like sharuk khan fall in the eyes of a nation you need something as uh, miraculous or ridiculous as a doppelganger ruining his reputation right like mm. that one way of looking at fan saying that this is what it takes to sort of uh, to 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 sort of soil our love for a superstar like sharuk but you know fan was made in 2015 16 or whatever things have changed since then and yeah. this film basically admits that you don't even need something like that right you like don't the double, the double role the the sort of gimmick the gimmick of fan yeah this this bollywood this nation we live in this its relationship with hindi cinema right now is so fragile and so sort of uh, you know replete with so much hostility and unpredictability yeah, yeah. that you don't even need a double role all you need is the superstar to make one mistake or not even make a mistake as yeah, we saw yeah. so well with sharuk himself recently right and aryan yes. that entire saga playing out and all you need is a errant politician all you need is uh, the cops and the media making a big deal out of it and uh, making their own narrative and that's why i felt that this film is so much in the moment because it it reflects that uh, broadness of of the bollywood we are in today or or that exists today and yeah. and it says that you don't really need any suspension of disbelief anymore all sharuk needs to do tomorrow is by mistake have his car graze a person on the road and uh, the media will go to town tomorrow and a politician will ruin his life yeah this is absolutely i think uh, you're right it it is very much a portrait of of india right now mm-hmm. especially the hindi film watching india right now yeah. it's uh, half in love half completely in hate with the industry uh, the you know the messaging is just complete extremes in terms of what the expectations are and uh, the uh, the film stars are in their own uh, you know retreating into their own shell and it's they are basically i think now where the cricketers were 5 yeah. years back and are are still today which is that you know we know that we owe everything to these people but we actually hate them we mm-hmm. resent them we mm-hmm. want to build all defenses between us and them we really have nothing in common with them we are you know we are separate we are successful 
it's we are not off the crowd anymore. Once you emerge from the crowd, you are just above it. It's not like we have nothing in common. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that and that's a that's the thing about this film, right? It's such a sly nod to the fact that that superstar and that Bollywood that we've revered for so many decades is actually the underdog today. It's on the back foot, and and action films are built on underdogs, and uh, which is why the title makes so much sense as well. Because yeah. it's it's actually about uh, someone who's rich and famous and arrogant and has everything at the world at his feet. He has a uh, fan culture. He has a massive fan base. He has, but one mistake uh, finishes that all. And and that, uh, you know, having to live that existence makes you an underdog by by definition. And uh, it, it's so weird to say that someone as rich and famous and 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 you know popular as a superstar can be an underdog. But that is the kind of uh that is the kind of india we are in today and i feel like the if you want to really look at the film for more than what it is which is a very entertaining sort of joyride through like you know like through through various genres and meta sort of messages about bollywood i mean this is also like this really adds to your enjoyment or your uh the fact that the film trusts you to uh, to get all this or to even uh, think about things like this because it's very much aware of the bollywood that it exists in it's a mainstream film it has songs it has it has an action hero it has chase sequences it has uh, it has all those elements it uh, of course it does not have a heroine because it's literally about the sort of very uh, you know toxic masculinity between these this the relationship that uh, is defined between the country and the industry uh, but at the same time it's also a takedown of all of that and that i guess that that's why uh this really is sort of the kind of film you enjoy watching in theaters where people are laughing at all the punchlines and the jokes and but they are also in a way sort of uh, realizing that it, it, it's a clever film that's also you know reflecting their own role in this yeah i uh, it's i i think it would be also interesting when this hits otts because oh yeah very much uh, i i don't know how many people are actually going to go and see it in the theaters i, I mean i hope it does i hope they do but uh, uh, it's uh, i think when it hits otts then i i think people are going to be able to kind of um, see it and i think people outside india if they end up seeing it uh, they it's going to give them a very accurate idea of the very weird antagonistic relationship right now that exists yeah absolutely i am looking forward to the ott discourse because that is obviously where a film sort of hindi film these days even a decent hindi film especially that is released in theaters finds its sort of shelf life and afterlife right and and a lot of the discourse starts then because right now you're right like i don't know how many people are watching it and even the people that are watching it i don't know if it's really meant for them entirely like i don't know if everyone will see it for the kind of you know very subversive little sly film it is and mm-hmm. um, you know i hope it does i mean i hope uh, uh, the, you know audiences sort of buy that but uh, i'm i'm pretty sure it's going to be looked at as that very raj and dk sort of film that it is till now yeah. and uh, yeah which it is uh, very successfully as well but yeah, uh, yeah like the, i am very look very much looking forward to different interpretations of the film when it comes online and you know that's where uh, i guess film twitter has one use that is it um i'm going to risk saying it out aloud 
चेंज in the kind of hindi cinema we are seeing and by that i don't mean the box office collections or the money it's earned by shit like kashmir files has earned money that doesn't reflect anything i am talking about the kind of movies that are being made and are being accepted online ott the discourse around hindi film has become a little more intelligent because the films have become a little more intelligent after the pandemic for some reason this year i've seen more good films than the last 3 or 4 years put together and you know i'm i've been meaning i've been meaning to write about this maybe the end of the year will be a good uh, you know good, because it's very easy to say oh bollywood a lot of shit and it's true because 95% is still rubbish and i would know because i watch all of those films but i'm also saying that the good films that are coming out now are better than the good films that were coming out 3 or 4 years ago we can actually do end of the year lists which was not the case so the i mean we were doing them <laughs> last few years but i mean it is a struggle yeah, this year yeah. there are actual candidates there i are, mean there are there, there are, are even like i mean there have been good moments in bad films that would probably make it to end of year lists and they've been actually genuine good films it's um, Yeah, I mean, uh, I uh, I don't want to uh, I don't want to go on about this too much because I'm afraid it will go away. But, Commentators uh, curse, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, well done, people. Yeah, well done indeed because it's been yes. a while. Like, and and it's it's particularly nice for us also being doing this podcast for a couple of years now. So it's always nicer when you have things to talk about and you can really dive into a film and which we've had. a chance to do this year how do i know that because in the spotify wrapped it showed me that we have made more our length of our podcast have been longer than the last two years and which means we've had more to talk about as well like That's it's true. been 30 or 40% more minutes that we've spoken than the last two years even though we might have done a few more podcasts over the last years this year we've done lesser but we've spoken more about the films that we've spoken about and that doesn't happen by chance you know it happens when you have things to talk about you're not going to like slam a film and slam it for one and a half hours the reason we are right now in our second hour is because we are talking about two good hindi films uh, two very different hindi films and two very good hindi films and and uh, very enjoyable films so you know it's 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 that as you said you know it's that kind of rare phase we are in we hopefully you know it's it's a nice it's a very strong end to a year that was had a weak middle order and a heavy top order uh, right. and um, yeah and and i hope it sort of uh, solves its middle order issues next, next year because there were three or four months in between year where not a good not a single watchable film came out but that did not distract from the fact that our year started with films like badai do and a very discourse heavy film like geraiya then there were darlings there was even the smaller films like love hostel and and kon pravin tambe and all these other films were actually so much very fertile to talk about very you know the discourse that it it sort of gave rise to was very very heartening to see i cannot believe gehraiya was this year was yeah. it this year <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> oh but oh that's crazy 
even even badhai do feels like last year that was literally the first film of this year i think right yeah 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 not bad then i mean it's it's uh, yeah uh, rk rk and uh, mm. gangubai and stuff it's it's uh, yeah i mean i won't be dreading the year end thing uh, as yeah, much not like if, if anything it's, you it's, might be spoiled for choice if you're making like top 5 lists and all because your we are in in a situation where like i am already starting to think about my usual year end performances list and i have so mm-hmm. many that i don't know where to start from and yes. it's one of yeah. those things where you're trying to stretch your list from 10 to 15 because see performances can happen in average films as well so it's not so much a reflector of the year we've had and yeah. in web shows as well and web shows have fantastic performances in general but hindi film in general i've had good even jalsa came out this year you know so it's it's one of those yeah uh, it's been one of those very interesting years where different kinds of storytelling have succeeded in different ways and have clicked with different audiences uh, and 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 the the ironic part is the films that actually did make money are probably mm-hmm. the worst films of the year yeah 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 i mean that that's often the case anyways yeah. so um, i mean and this time it was a literally like uh, <laughs> a, 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 a film of of great hate and i'm yeah. sure that will also get discussed by the end of the year because there's no escaping it really but uh, yeah i mean it's encouraging signs uh, mm-hmm. don't uh, take it easy since we've yeah. done like a lot of cricket metaphors already it's like uh, this is just the first day and like you know the bowlers will come in fresh at the you know start of the second day and it will be swinging so you know <laughs> good yeah. films next year please yeah yes uh, hoping we aren't the commentators curse that we are dreading we are uh, and uh, yeah that that's pretty much it for this podcast at least uh, it was great fun discussing an action hero uh, which is also weirdly the kind of film which you can't really talk about beyond like its obvious themes and it's it's very very potent sort of reflection of the india we live in uh, yeah. and it can be experienced more as a fun film in the theater so it's uh, which is why i'm very much looking forward to its online discourse when it comes out uh, and of course kala which we had uh, some you know very uh, which was very interesting to discuss because it was the kind of film that lends itself to you know critics and to to analysis and to symbolism and to a lot of things that we trip on in general so um, so yeah that that's uh, that's a good uh, nice little podcast we did today and uh, yeah of course we'll be back soon there are a lot of uh, more releases this month uh, we will uh, be back uh, even at the end of the year doing our podcast so keep listening and uh, you know thank you for uh, writing in on twitter and giving us suggestions and continue doing that and yeah then we'll be back soon